Hello out to all you wonderful people. This is Andre the Game Idea Guy. Thank you once again for lending me your time and your ear listening into another Gamer's Thoughts discussion. And as promised, I'm going to do a discussion on some of the statements that came out of the FTC versus Microsoft hearing. Sorry, I'm running a little late on that. Um, I wasn't doing the whole thing, so I decided to go ahead and hone in on some key statements that were made during this whole trial case. Um, and I just realized one of my failures was that I did not uh, mark my... Um, <laughs> I did not mark everything to put them in proper order. So they are now going to potentially be out of order and, and potentially be out of context. So um, I do apologize for that, but I do think I can still give a relative understanding of what the statement may be meaning, or at least my interpretation of what the statement means. Um, now, obviously, I'm no legal expert, and I don't know the letter of the law especially in California where they ran this trial. So anything that I say, don't take it as some deep philosophical or strong legal argument. It is none of that. It is me taking what was said and interpreting it the way I see it based on on the circumstances that led to the case. That is it. Again, this is just a gamer talking about this because I'm a gamer. This involves gaming. It is a subject of interest to me. And I do apologize that it took me a while to get around to this. Um, trust me, I was in no rush. <laughs> so, I'm going to go ahead. I have nine different statements I'm going to break down individually. Um, so, again, whatever I say, just take it with a grain of salt. Um, I am giving my own interpretations here. I'm not expecting anybody to sit down and be like, oh man, that was that was wonderful commentary on the no. This is just me analyzing this the best of my abilities to give you what I think was going on with those situations based on what was said. Okay. All right. So, and, and again, we're going to break this down in, into parts that way everybody can, um, well, I already said how many parts is going to be. So let's get going. So since I don't have them in proper order, I'm going to go in the order. I'm just going to base them off of what I have per the individual making the statement, okay? Which means that I have, the majority of my statements are from Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan. <laughs> so, just so you know. All right, so the first one I'm gonna be talking about is Phil's statement on the console wars, and that goes as, as the console wars is a social construct with the community, I would never want to count our community out. They're big fans. If you look at our market share in the console space over the last 20 plus years, 
we're in third place. That statement is completely true. And it's it's not like they're trying to cover anything up. Honestly, it puts them in a position of weakness because they have technically always been third place. Now, if we're going based on total hardware sales for a generation, because you got to remember, Nintendo and Sony both have had a home console and a handheld for the, for the most part. They have had both a home console and a handheld. When you total up those numbers, Microsoft is always in third place. Based on total hardware sales and total software sales, they are always in third place per generation when you add everything up. That's one of those things which becomes a misnomer to a lot of people because when you when you do the math, generally speaking, Nintendo ends up being in first place based off of their hard, their home and handheld hardware. I think seven seven generation may be a little bit different, but not drastically different. But that's also seven generation was like the big misnomer generation. Where everybody sold majorly well. Um, So it's one of those things where. I got to take this particular comment at face value. Um, There's there's no really real hidden context to it. It's just, hey, we've been in third place since we've been here. Okay, Phil, at least you're being honest about it. On to the next. Okay, so the next statement by Phil is referring to some of the practices that go on on Sony's side of things. Um, So, every time we ship a game on PlayStation, Sony captures 30% of the revenue that we do on their platform, and then they use that money among other revenue that they have to do things to try to reduce Xbox's survival on the market. So, what this is in reference to, and people told me that I was wrong on this. Um, This is in reference to Sony buying exclusivity to specific video games. That makes the branding more... It's like, like this. You think of Final Fantasy, you generally think of PlayStation. You think of Call of Duty, you generally think of PlayStation. It's just how things are. You think of Street Fighter now, you generally think of PlayStation. It's buying the market share or the mind share of the game and placing it on one platform. The games may go to other platforms. They may be available on other platforms, but your first thought is going to be the company that you usually see it with. Just like right now, if there were to be a multi-platform made Bravely Default game, like it went to every platform, most people would still think of Nintendo. Just like when it comes down to Octopath Traveler, most people think of Nintendo. That's where it got that's where it got popular. That's where it got known. So most people think about it there. Even though a couple of the games that I mentioned for Sony actually started off on Nintendo and got their fame on Nintendo when they moved over to PlayStation, they became recognized as a PlayStation brand or a brand associated with PlayStation. So I'm pretty sure that's what 
Phil is referencing. Like, so, hey, they're taking the money they're making from the games that we put on their platform, along with money that they make elsewhere, to inhibit our ability to have games on our platform available. That's kind of what he's saying. That's all he's saying. And in essence, that is pretty much the same thing as Microsoft buying studios to be able to decide exclusivity for those games. It's, it's just the step over what Sony was doing because Microsoft has more money. <laughs> That's simply it. It's easier for them to do that. Plus, they're not in constant negotiations over, hey, do we get this game? And, and even in some cases, if Microsoft even has the money, obviously they have more money than Sony. But in some cases, even if they put down more money than Sony to block the deal that Sony was trying to set up, it still might not work because of brand recognition. Sony has more mind share than Microsoft does. That is a fact. That's not, that's not something to hide behind. That's the truth. Sony has more mind share than Microsoft, so maybe even them running these deals, they don't have to spend as much in order to get these contracts in place because the branding is known to be with Sony in general. That's where it's popularized. So again, if, if we're analyzing it correctly, that's what I see. That's what I think, and that's what that means to me. Someone could correct me, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the ball on this one. So, we're going to move on to the next statement. Okay, so this next statement has to do with why they ended up purchasing ZeniMax, not Bethesda, for exclusivity to Starfield. So, here is... Uh, when we heard that Starfield was potentially also going to end up skipping Xbox... We can't be in a position as a third place console where we fall further behind on our content ownership. So we've had to secure content to remain viable in the business. Now, this is one of those statements by Phil that I call bullshit on. One, you already have so much content that you have ownership of that your teams are not using. They're not using most of the IPs they have ownership to. But also, they bought ZeniMax, not Bethesda. The, that's something people didn't think about. They bought ZeniMax, not Bethesda. If they were just looking to get exclusivity to Bethesda's games, then they would have just bought Bethesda from ZeniMax. ZeniMax is a technology giant. That's why they were interested in them. And they purchased the whole company, not just Bethesda. So, honestly, I call this one a lie. This statement was made, again, to make them look weaker so that it would make their arguments make more sense. I mean, they've already stated their two truths. So a lie on top of that really wasn't going to hurt much. It, as long as the lie was in context of the same things that they already told the truth about. So, again, and, and I'm sorry that the order was potentially screwed up by me. But I'm going with what makes sense logically. And 
you've already downplayed yourself enough as a company in the gaming industry. I, I don't see where this was going to hurt them downplaying themselves a little bit more. But yeah, I do call bullshit on this thing. Now we move on to the statements from Jim Ryan. So I know I don't have a personal like for this particular person, but I will be as objective about it as possible. So, and this statement coming from Jim Ryan is in reference to him talking to Bobby Kotchik, that piece of junk-ass person, um, about his thoughts about Microsoft trying to purchase Activision Blizzard. I told him that I thought the transaction was anti-competitive. I hoped that the regulators would do their job and block it. Simple as that, Jim Ryan didn't like the idea of Microsoft having ownership over Call of Duty and even all the other stuff that Activision Blizzard puts out that's highly popular. Because, especially with Call of Duty, that brand PlayStation is known for having. Even though during the 360 era, Xbox 360 PS3 era, you were more likely to see people playing Call of Duty on 360 but once PS4 came out, you were more likely seeing people playing on PS4. So it's it's just, again, it's one of those things about trying to keep the mind share of what you already have and not letting the other side get it. And honestly, to, I'd say toward the end of 7th Generation, you could see the change from 360 being the home of Call of Duty to PlayStation 3 being the home of Call of Duty, but especially with some of the... Um, exclusive uh, things that they put in for PlayStation because of the backdoor deals that being part of Gamers at Large, we got laughed at for, for talking about just for everybody to find out. N not even a full decade later, yeah, those backdoor deals were happening. Ugh, ain't that something. But, I mean, honestly, his statement isn't untrue. It just... He's unhappy with things working against his favor. like, But that's generally anybody. So that's not really anything I can harp too much on. So we're going to move on to the next statement. So the next thing is honestly um, a, a brief series of questioning from, <laughs> from the case of the Microsoft lawyer and Jim Ryan uh, go back and forth a little bit. Um, this one is kind of interesting and I think also a little bit damning in context. So, <clears throat> Microsoft's lawyer, do you think it would be better if Microsoft kept Activision games on PlayStation? Ryan, yes I do. Lawyer, so you do believe it's in Microsoft's best interest to make Activision games available on multiple platforms? Ryan, no, I don't agree with that. That literally just contradicts what you just said. Microsoft's lawyer. So if you were running Xbox, would you would recommend, I think that was a typo, you would recommend making Call of Duty and other Activision games exclusive to Xbox and PC? And Ryan's response, that's a hypothetical question that I don't wish to answer. The lawyer, so you don't get to answer? Ryan, I don't have enough knowledge to answer that question. All of that is a lie. Um, he basically contradicted himself. <laughs> like, 
He said, okay, yeah. These games would be better left being multiple platform and being on PlayStation. The only, only thing you could squeak out of that, especially with how specific legal conversations can be, is that, hey, he believes it would still be good to have them on PlayStation, just not everywhere else. That's about the only thing you could argue with that. But even then, he probably wouldn't have made that statement. Um, <clears throat> at least not directly. And we'll go back to the hypothetical of if he ran Xbox. I mean, you, you do basically the same thing at Sony, so it's not really a hypothetical you couldn't answer. It's one you don't want to answer because if you were answering it honestly, then the answer to the question would be, well, yeah, I mean, it's either you would say yes because you would keep the branding to yourself and bring the IP and its fan base to your particular company or no because there's more money to be made on the table leaving the game being multi-platform. Those are the only two good answers to that question. But both of those answers work against what Jim Ryan would want to be able to say. Because if he says the exact opposite of those answers, the next question behind it would be horrendous for him. So, I mean, at, at the very least, he did make the right choice of how to answer that. Because it, even if it's bad, it's not as bad as making the outright direct statement. And then the last bit, so you don't get the answer. I don't have enough knowledge to answer that question. Again, you are in a position that is somewhat parallel to what Phil does at Microsoft. There is no way. Actually, no, not somewhat. You are parallel to what Phil does at Microsoft. So you have the knowledge. You have enough knowledge to be able to say what you, what you would do in that situation. But again, you're just not going to say it in a legal proceeding because of what was available and what was happening at the time. Because of the purpose of the legal proceeding. Which again, I don't knock you for it. But like, that makes sense to do. It just doesn't logically make any sense. But it makes sense for the legal case. But I'm going to drop this and move on to the next thing. So this last statement is Jim Ryan basically talking about um, making exclusive content for your platform. So, and this is a statement I, I do agree with. So I'm just going to read it. One of the reasons why we are investing massively in first party development and publishing is to provide us with an edge against pressure on a historic business model. Having a business model where you own elements from the top to the bottom increases your ability to be self-determinant. Basically, if you have more of your own content, you have more control over your place in the industry. You have more control over your destiny as a, as a company. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that is the way the industry should be going, but for the most part, it isn't. When it comes down to these massive companies trying to buy everything the hell up. But the only problem with that is if that's really your main focus at this point in time, then why are you so worried about this Activision Blizzard deal? Or why were you? 
because if that's the case, then you could just put that resource and development time into, you know, making your own Call of Duty equivalent or bringing back some of the games that would have been able to compete with Call of Duty that you have under your IP list. So at that point, you just say, hey, well, maybe we don't have the mind share for Call of Duty anymore. But hey, we have all of these other games right over here that fill that same void. Put your attention on those. Let's focus on getting those made. And that at least that would be my interpretation of it. That's how I would look at it. And if I was the one asking questions, that would have been a direction that I would have went. <laughs> right after hearing that, like, okay, so then why are you so focused on this deal then? But I'm, I wasn't the one in there and I am not in any way, shape or form a lawyer. Eh, we're not going to harp on this one too much. This, again, this is a statement I agree with. It just pokes some holes in some of the other stuff that has already been said. Otherwise, yeah, that's it. We're moving on. So we're going to look at the one and only statement I take from <laughs> Bobby Kotick from this whole thing. Um, playing Modern Warfare 2 on a phone would be like using a refrigerator as a safe. I'm guessing the statement is just being meant to being ugh, meant to say a phone does not serve the purpose of what this game is supposed to be able to do. And I would agree. I would agree with that. A phone does not serve the purpose for a full-scale Call of Duty game. I mean, that's it's kind of logical at this point. Now, is a weird statement to make when you do have a Call of Duty mobile game. Just because, I mean, it's still the brand on mobile. Um, but I also, if I remember correctly, this also has something to do with the Switch. I don't remember fully um, the context. I think this may have also had something to do with the Switch. Not particularly sure. I'd have to, I'd have to see. I'd have to go back through everything, which at this point in time, I am currently just not willing to do. Uh, not because I couldn't, but because that's a lot of stuff to read through, and I really don't feel like doing all that at the moment. So we'll move on to the next statement. So now we're going to focus on a statement from Matt Booty um, in reference to Microsoft's ability to spend in Game Pass and just, just listen real quick. We are in a very unique position to be able to go spend Sony out of business. Sony is really the only other player who could compete with Game Pass, and we have a two-year and 10 million subs lead. Now, I know that in reference to this case, this is the statement that makes the most sense to make because you don't want to bring up the other potential players in this particular industry. And that would both be, well, not both. That would be Alphabet or Google, Apple, and Amazon. You don't want to bring them up because those are the companies Microsoft is really trying to compete with behind the scenes that if you've been following anything, you would actually know this already. But in context of this trial, 
this statement makes sense because you're not bringing in the other parties that potentially could come up with their own gaming services and potentially have a subscriber base that pays into those services that could eclipse yours. Google had the potential with Stadia. They just didn't do it right. Amazon's already working on that and they're combining everything with Prime and Apple does have Apple Arcade. Sony is working on their own Game Pass equivalent or which they've already pretty much put out. It's just behind what Microsoft's was, but that doesn't mean they can't eclipse them eventually. Sony does have a bigger mind share in the general gaming landscape. But Amazon and Apple have a bigger mind share in the general landscape of the world. So it, it, it is an interesting thing to think about. In context of the trial, yes, this is the correct statement to make. In actuality, that's incorrect. So yeah. We'll move on to the very last statement I'm going to cover from this case. Hopefully everybody's satisfied after that. So for the finale here, we're going to cover Nadella's statement about his thoughts on exclusivity on consoles. Um, and right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, I don't give a care how rich this man is. This is something I definitely 100% disagree with. But we're going to go ahead and read it. <clears throat> if it was up to me, I would love to rid... Mm, let me restart. If it was up to me, I would love to get rid of the entire exclusives on consoles. But that's not for me to define, especially as a low share player in the console market. The dominant player there has defined market competition using exclusives. So that's the world we live in. I have no love for that world. And when he said market leader, he was talking about Sony. I still disagree with that completely because if we're talking about, especially when it comes down to exclusives, that that crown will go to Nintendo. But it seems like they were, like at times they were trying their best to avoid mentioning Nintendo. And then other times they just were like, yeah, well, this is what Nintendo's doing. So <laughs> it's like, I'm... Ugh. But I disagree with the idea of ridding the industry of exclusives. Exclusives are what they are because they draw attention to your platform. If everybody has the same thing, there's not much choice. And I am not up for a homogenous gaming industry. I No. No. I do not want that. If everybody has the same thing. Ugh, it, it just becomes pointless at that point. Then there should only be one platform. If everything's going to be on that one platform, ugh, no, I can't. I can't do that. But because it kills so many, the potential for so many unique ideas to be to, to come out with hardware and software. Nope, I can't do it. I could not have that industry. Well, like, and this man doesn't like gaming anyway. He honestly would prefer to get rid of Microsoft's gaming division. So, I mean, <laughs> this statement coming from him, yeah, wholeheartedly. I, that, that's the statement of a person that would rather not have the gaming industry in his pocket right now. 
he'd rather not have to deal with it. So, of course, he doesn't like that. And that's also the reason that Microsoft has been on a buying spree trying to buy up a bunch of shit. But they need to stop trying to buy everything and just start producing from what they have. So, yeah, fuck his statement. <laughs> With a rusty blade, fuck his statement. Um, he has his right to feel how he feels, Mr. Nadella. I, I still don't care. Because his way of thinking is one of the reasons the industry is in the, the, the dire state it's in. His way of thinking is why we're, this, this type of trial was even a thing in the first place. So, yeah, to me, that, that's crap. I, I could care less about his, his personal views on exclusives. That's just him saying, well, hey, if we get rid of exclusives, then um, anybody can have anything. And at that point, yep, nope, nope. That's not good for the competition of the industry. It is just not. If you don't have alternatives, it's not good for the industry. You need alternatives. <sighs> but, I mean, yeah. I'm done with that man's statement. So, um, closing out, I would like to one thank Tom Warren for his detailed coverage of the whole case and his snippets that he posted because that's where I got the majority of everything from. Um, and honestly, it's it was an interesting case. Um, I didn't follow everything to the teeth, but I did pop in and out here and here and there, um, simply because I had already known what the general outcome was going to be, uh, especially with how it started, and to see people's reactions to things was actually quite interesting. Um, but, I mean, things played out the way they did. Microsoft ended up winning the case. The FTC got denied for their, uh, their appeal. I don't know why that word was escaping me. And things move forward. Um, we'll see how things play out from here. But uh, if there's any other specific thing from it that anybody would like me to talk about, send it to me so I can go over it and see if it's something I do want to talk about from this case. Otherwise, I am done with the Microsoft FTC stuff. I'm not going to harp on it anymore. Unless it is relevant to something else I am talking about. Um, and even then, I'm probably not going to dig too deep into it. So, hopefully, people liked my reactions or found them to at least be interesting. And they have something that they would like to say or a counterpoint. Otherwise, thank you guys very much for listening in. Keep your eyes and ears out for more stuff from me. And until the next time, please enjoy your games. Peace out, everybody. This is Andre the Game Idea Guy, and I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in. Um, if you would be interested in supporting my efforts in content creation, please head on over to Amazon and look up The Game Idea Guy Presents Gaming Word Search, and you will find both Volume 1 and Volume 2 up for sale.
thank you very much once again, and I hope to be able to create more content for you in the future. Peace out.